Those of you who are those of you who are staying, please turn your Bibles to the Book of Acts. The Book of Acts, Acts chapter one. It's going to take me a while to get there, but y'all just turn to Acts chapter one. Now, I want to I want to kind of give a precursor here before I go into my message. Uh, the first part of my message, I'm going to be teaching kind of a history lesson. I am not I am not going to give an exhausted history lesson lesson. I'm not going to give a detailed history lesson. If you want to do that, you go back and you can do that on your own. Okay? What I'm doing is I am trying to build from history to make a point this morning. Is that all right with y'all? Everybody good with that? I can't hear the people who are live streaming, but I hope that you're good with that as well. Turn again your Bibles to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. Today, we will celebrate our freedom as a nation. Some of y'all started last night. I, I could hear you. We, we just, in the, there's a Georgetown community page, and there's everybody who wants to be on that page is on that page, but there's some people, y'all, that like fireworks, and there's some people on that page that do not like fireworks, and, and I'm, I'm not being mean, y'all don't shut me off when I say what I'm getting ready to say. The people who don't like fireworks, they need to be quiet and don't say anything. Because, this, thank you, Bob, because this is what happens when somebody who does not like fireworks goes on that page and tells everybody, I wish that you would be respectful of people's dogs because they get, you know, they get rattled and, and, and they just go climb under the bed and cry and, and they just have anxiety fits or, we, or they say this, we need to be more respectful for our, our veterans who, who might have COPD and with all these fireworks. PTSD, excuse me, PTSD, thank you. I knew I said it wrong because Carrie was laughing. PTSD. We need to be respectful for them. This is what happens. Bob, you know what the people who love fireworks do? They walk outside as soon as that thing's, you can look at your watch, Alan. You can look at your watch. When that thing's posted three minutes later, some dude who has an arsenal of fireworks in the closet that his uncle, you know, Uncle Bubba gave him, they let them off. And I'm talking about the, the mortars. I mean, the, loud, the stuff that you can't buy from the, the, the Walmart. You know what I'm talking about? They let them go. Church, this morning, we're, we're going to be talking about freedom. I'm going to teach a small history lesson, then I'm going to make an application. So if you don't you fall asleep, Jason, don't fall asleep. It's good to have y'all back. You ain't been here. Don't you go to sleep. Stay and watch him. This morning, we celebrate our freedom as a nation. Many believe that we gained our freedom when our founding fathers signed the Declaration of Independence. But colonists had rolled up their sleeves, found their weapons, and stood their grounds against what they felt was oppression since 1775. That is when George Washington was approached to form the first continental army. Phrases such as taxation without representation were the rallying cry for all the colonists to support for the, for the coming American Revolution against Great Britain. But what we do not always hear in our history classes is that for a long period of time uh, uh, prior to the revolution, the British and the colonists got along quite well. As a matter of fact, right now, Britain is one of our strongest and closest allies. We might not agree on policy a lot of times. We, we definitely don't agree with parliamentary practices at times. But we, we, they're our, our strongest ally. 
Church, the British government did not allow for a degree of, of self-government in the colonies. Laws were made by Parliament, and property-owning males were allowed to vote for representatives to Parliament. Thus, Americans were accustomed to the idea of representation, a representative government, from the beginning. Then, then what changed? What changed in our, in our relationship with Britain? Well, Great Britain needed to find a way to generate revenue to pay for uh, the British troops in North America and to pay off the debt of the Seven-Year War. They had fought on American toys for seven years during the Seven-Year War, and, and they needed to figure out how in the world they were going to pay for that. The American Revolution began after Great Britain passed a series of new taxes designed to generate revenue from the colonies in 1763. I'll be honest with you, I'd like to go back to those 1763 taxes. Wouldn't y'all? I'm tired of taxes. As a matter of fact, I, I'm surprised Americans haven't raised up again because of all the taxes. We get our paycheck and it's been ta taxed, right? Anything that we want to go buy, we, we have to pay sales tax. And, and I've, never, I've never in my life ever seen a state or somebody, you know, say, look, you know, I, I think we're paying en enough taxes, we're, we're going to lower taxes completely. No. As a matter of fact, when I think about this, when I think about this church, I, back in 1970, the state of South Carolina, Brother Frank, you're going to love this because you and I are always talking about the state of South Carolina's roads. They implemented a two-cent gas sales tax per gallon to improve the roads in South Carolina and build a new road called I-77. Now, how y'all get there from here is go up 95 north, hit 26 west, and you run into I-77 that runs through the middle of the state, okay? <clears throat> Dead ends in Columbia. They wanted to build this road. Do you realize that after 20-something years of that road being built, they were still taxing that two cent on the gallon? Do y'all realize that? And somebody brought it up in, in procedures, and they said, well, we're, we're going to keep it there. We're going to keep it there for infrastructure. Any of y'all ridden on South Carolina roads lately? <laughs> I, I, I don't know why they didn't follow Florida and, and, and Georgia's lead and go from two lanes to three lanes. I mean, why are you building? Might as well, right? Make it four. But it's pothole central. We're taxed to death, church. So these colonists look at these new taxes and saying, hold on a second. We got a problem, Houston. We've got a problem here. The Revolutionary War actually started... The actual starting date was April the 19th, 1775. And it ended on September 3rd, 1783. During this time, the colonists took back their power from the British government, uh, stopped most trade with the British at first and then all trade later on, which ignited fractions and caused an engagements with the British troops stationed in the colonies. So, so we have a friction and, you know, you, you can almost feel that friction today, can't you? You really can. I don't, I, I honestly, church, I don't have a clue what's going to happen in America and to America and with America and for America. I, 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 I don't have a clue. But it seems like the older we get as a nation, there, there's factions that separate us and are trying to further separate us. And it seems like it's only going to take but just a little spark 
and something bad's going to happen. Well, Brother Kyle, what, what do you think is going to happen? I, I don't know. I, I don't have a clue. I, I know this. Uh, as we look at this with the premise of taxes, I don't know how much more people can pay in taxes. I really don't. State, federal, local, organizational. I mean, we pay taxes for everything. I, I, I honestly, I don't know how we have any money at all paying taxes. Something, you can feel it in there. Something, it, it feels like it's getting ready to happen. I, I don't know. I don't have a clue. Listen, men like Patrick Henry stood with their fist in the air shouting phrases like this, give me liberty or give me death. That's exactly right. These men did not say these things and then go home and wait for others to go to war for them. Most of the men who signed the Declaration of Independence either died in the war or were arrested, tried for treason, and executed. Their land and possessions were taken, their wives widowed, their children left faith uh, fatherless. The church, there was a huge price paid for our freedom. Nowadays, we, we got a bunch of uh, keyboard revolutionists. They'll, they'll go to social media sites and they'll just vomit all their, you know, this, this is what I feel. And they might be talking about the truth, but there's no backbone to go with what they're saying. These men that we're celebrating today on the 4th of July, talking about the, the Revolutionary War, where we got our independence, these men did not just speak it, they backed it up with their actions. And listen to me, it's high time that if nobody else does, the church of Jesus Christ, the King of kings and lords of lords, quits giving lip service to who they belong to and actually show who they belong to. Oh, I'm a Christian, but nobody can tell it. Church, when the Revolutionary War ended in September on September 3rd, 1783, eight years after its beginning, there was still much to do to make America a nation. Lines had to be drawn. Ideals had to become practices. And our first president had to be appointed. America was on the right path. We had won our independence. But the work that needed to be done would decide it if we would stay at a nation. There's still work to be done. There's still work to be done. If we don't stand our ground, we're going to lose our nation. Can you believe that there's people who won't stand and pledge allegiance to the flag that's flown over them as they were born in this country? That they'll turn, we saw just this past week, we, we see those who will turn their back and disregard of our flag as the national anthem is being played. I, I don't know about y'all. Let, let's do a, a, a real, just real quick poll here this morning. And, and I'm not saying this to embellish or, or to add uh, umph to my message. But this morning when we came in, I, I don't have a clue. They don't tell me what they're singing. I don't ask them what they're singing. I, I just, I know because what they sing, God speaks to them. Amen. We came in and Jennifer led us in the very first song. It was a Star Spangled Banner. Now, I want to ask you something. Did it bring tears to your eyes? I was sitting there. I had to stop two times singing the national anthem because, I, I, I mean, I was, I was tearing up. Why? Because it means something to me. It means something to me to be an American. 
If you can't pledge the flag or you don't get teary-eyed when you, you sing our national anthem, if this country means that little to you, go somewhere else. I imagine there, there's a, a parcel of people who'd like to go get a go, GoFundMe page, and each and every time somebody feels they want to disrespect our country, we can raise funds for you to move somewhere else. I'll, I'll tithe that, won't you? I think it's a great thing. I'm tired of seeing anti-Americans. If you don't like America, I, I, you said it twice. I'm going to say it again. Poppy, listen to me. If they don't like America, they can get out, can they not? Get out. And if you like this communist regime that's taking place and you want to see real communism, we'll buy you a ticket to Russia. We'll send you to, to Cuba. Hey, the very pits of it, we'll send you to Venezuela and see how you like it there. You'll be begging to come back to this place that you say you don't love. And kiss the ground when you get here. Church, you might be asking right about now, how in the world, how in the world is this preacher going to spin this and make a spiritual application? How is this preacher going to make a, a spiritual application from this short independence history lesson? Church, if you look at what took place in Scripture for us to be free today as Christians, as children of God, there are many similarities. There are. There are many similarities. And I hope you picked up on them as I was reading through. Because I touched and I'm, going, I'm getting ready to go a little further to, right now. How, church, how did we become free in Christ? How is it that we this morning became free in Christ? Do you feel that freedom? Let, let me ask this. When, Amy and I went to Cuba a couple years ago. We wanted to see the cultures. I wanted to see the cars. It was a small window of opportunity, and just as fast as that window of opportunity opened, it closed. But when we came back from Cuba, it was phenomenal. I, I mean, I, 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 I walked off the, the, the boat, and I was like, God bless America. I mean, I was really. Our cab driver took us around, and, and he said, Look, I don't know if they were just, you know, plugged to say all these things, but we drove by this building that looked, you know, dilapidated, but, I mean, you could tell it was some kind of special building. And he said, that's our, that's our hospital. I, we said, really, really? He said, yeah, that, it's free health care. Everything's free. You just go there, and if you're in this district, you go to this hospital. Drove a little further, and he drove by this building that, that looked like, you know, our old, old schools, you know, Big and brick and windows and no air conditioning and all this stuff. He said, that's our college. Free college. He said, now you have to make certain grades or you can't go, you can't qualify. He said, but that's, it's free college. I thought to myself, I know y'all don't have internet. They very seldom, I mean, very, it's, 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 they see what they want them to see there. Because he was proud of that, and I'm glad he was proud of it. But y'all listen to me. I wouldn't have taken my dog to that hospital. Would not have. I would not have. We as Americans need to be, be thankful for who we are and where we're from. Amen? Amen. So how did, how did we become free in Christ? 
As we look at the Old Testament history, we see that God's chosen people, the very people that, that he made a covenant with, the very people that he himself freed, he freed them from the hands of the Egyptians, the people, the very same people that he gave a land flowing, flowing, church flowing with milk, milk and honey, the very same people that, he, that, that saw his miracles, his mighty miracles over and over and over again. At some point, these people, his very own people, became oppressors of their own people. God's chosen people started oppressing their own people. The Jews had taken the laws that God had given them and made them so hard to follow that, that every man was in constant struggles as to, to meet each demand. Top on every new demand. Listen. If you read scripture, you'll remember that God said, listen, I want your obedience. I don't want your sacrifice. I want your obedience. The, these Jewish authorities had made it so hard to worship God, to even find God. You'd take two steps and you'd have to take 12 steps back and go sacrifice again. That's why God said, I don't want your sacrifice. Your sacrifices make me want to vomit is what scripture says. God said that. He says, I don't want your sacrifices anymore, Matt. I want your obedience. I want your obedience. Church, you know that's what God wants from us today. He wants the same thing. He wants our obedience. What they had created, what the Jewish authorities had created, was a re religion. A cultic religion. It, it was in the name of God, but God had no part of it. What they needed was relationship. God sent prophets to show the people that they needed to return to God and to God's ways. These prophets proved through heavenly signs and miracles that they were indeed sent from God and they still would not listen. They themselves started a rebellion against the true God and heaven by not following his instructions. Obedience. Obedience. Church, obedience. At God's appointed time, church, Jesus his only son was sent to earth, not as a plan B. Y'all understand that, right? Jesus was never a plan B. He, he was always in the plans. God sent his son because his initial plan, he didn't send his son because his initial plan wasn't working, but as a way, as the way <coughs> that all men could easily find God and be with him for all eternity. We see this, church. We see this sending of his son. We see this as the declaration of our independence in Scripture in John chapter 3, verse 16. Say it, for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. Whosoever shall believe in him but have everlasting life. That is, church, listen to me. Go to, go to it right now and write, Declaration of My Christian Independence. That's it. John chapter 3, verse 16 is our independence. Can I, can I explain to you in a very short period of time what that means? There's one word in there, and I, I've emphasized it many times, but I, I've got to do it this morning as well. 
And that's whomsoever. Whomsoever. Savannah, I, I am whomsoever. You're whomsoever. Benji, you're whomsoever. You're, 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 you're whomsoever. All of us are whomsoever. What that means is we can experience independence in Christ and understand what freedom truly is through the declaration of independence in our scripture, John 3, 16. I am a whomsoever. And if you've accepted Christ as your personal Savior, so are you. So are you. So here we find ourselves. God's chosen people weren't always in rebellion with God. They had a relationship with God that was working. I mean, it was, it was rocky at times, but I mean, it was, it was always working. But listen to me. At some point in time, God got sick of them and he said, listen, I don't want your sacrifices anymore. I want your obedience. Shut your mouths and obey me. So we have a declaration of independence. But which way are we going as a church? Which way are we going during the church age, church family? Are we growing closer to Christ? Or are we walking slowly away from Christ? Remember, Brother Frank, he doesn't want our sacrifices. He wants our obedience. Right? So now, church, we have a formation. We've decided as children of God that we're going to declare John 3.16 as our what? Our declaration of independence. All we need, listen, all we need is Jesus. Praise God, amen? You better hold on. But church, we cannot experience this freedom apart from the message of Christ seen in Matthew 4, 17. We can't. We can see that freedom from a distance, but we cannot experience the freedom of Christ apart from Matthew 4, 17. Well, brother, what does Matthew 4, 17 say? This is what Jesus said. He said, repent. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Repent. Do, do you remember the battle cry of Patrick Henry? Give me liberty or give me death. Well, church, our battle cry, the battle cry for the Christian faith has said to be offensive because it calls sinners to repent. It means that, that you have to first acknowledge that, that you have sinned and then repent to said sin. Church, this is our battle cry. Repent for the kingdom of, of, of God is at hand. Listen, it, it, offensive or not, we must repent of our sin and turn to God to be free in Christ Jesus our Lord. We've got to. We can, Mr. Taylor, we can see the declaration of independence in John 3, 16, but if we don't do what Jesus said in Matthew 4, 15 or or whatever scripture I said, 417. Well, listen, church, we, we, we can see the Declaration of Independence, but we can't experience it. We've got to repent. Before you can become a Christian, you have to see that you were on your way to hell and you, you were in desperate need of a Savior. Brother Kyle, did you do that? Oh, yeah, I did. I realized that apart from Jesus, I was in trouble. So what did you do? I, I repented and I sought, I sought the face of God. But there's one more thing. Terry, we have our Declaration of Independence in, in, in John 3, 16. And we have our, our battle cry in Matthew 4, 17, right? What, what is it that God wants? Does God want our sacrifice? Does God want our sacrifice? What does God want? 
our obedience. So, so we have our declaration of independence. We have our battle cry. We need something else now, church. We need some marching orders. Right? There's one more thing we must fulfill that will fulfill this, this freedom. We must continue to help others become free. And we must preserve our freedoms as Christians. What scripture do you think we can point to that keeps our freedom and preserves our freedom? Look at Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Luke records this. He says what Jesus said. But you, but you, who is you? Who, who is you? You could very easily scratch out you in your Bible and write your name. As a matter of fact, you probably need to. Luke records, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Brother Frank, we, we have a declaration of independence. We have a battle cry, and now we have a directive. Brother Kyle, that doesn't, that, that's not me. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. If you've accepted Christ as your personal Savior, you see the declaration of independence. You hear the battle cry. Now it's time that you start following orders because he's, God's not interested in our sacrifice. He's interested in our what? Our obedience. Our obedience. Church, they will preserve who we are as a Christians. The only way we can do this is by winning people to Jesus for generations to come. Now, now let's look at this again. Jesus said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Now, our charismatic brothers and sisters believe this, this is talking about when you start speaking in tongues. That's not what this scripture says at all. Who is it that told you that you were lost? Who was it that told you you were lost and needed to repent and come to Jesus? The Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit leads you and guides you and directs you. Listen to me, church. How can you tell that you know you're saved and God's dealing with you on a daily basis? If you can do something wrong and the Holy Spirit doesn't speak to your heart, something's wrong. Really. If it doesn't bother you, something's wrong. It really is. So he says, <clears throat> you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses. That's an emphatic. Did you see that? When the Holy Spirit awakens your heart and you accept Christ through repentance, when you ask for forgiveness and you become his and he becomes you, this says you will be my, you will be my witness. You're witnessing for me. You're witnessing for me. You will be my witness. There's no way out of that, Steve. You're locked into this contract. When you see the Declaration of Independence, you hear the battle cry, and now you see the battle plans, you are locked in, you can't get out. 
But he, he gives us destinations here. He says, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Where is your Jerusalem? Where you live. We could say as a church family, this neighborhood is our Jerusalem. Now, Scripture says that we're being a witness. Are we being a witness in our, our Jerusalem? Is there anything that we can be doing better? It doesn't stop in Jerusalem, though. <coughs> and that was the problem with the, the apostles. After Christ had, Christ had died, before the Holy Spirit came in, they were comfortable in Jerusalem. He said, oh, no, 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 no. He says, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and that's where most people stop. But it goes further. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea. Where's Judea? In the city of Savannah, all over the city of Savannah. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. Where's Samaria? All over the state of Georgia. To the ends of the world, we are being a witness. Listen, listen to me, church. I've got to be easy. I fell last time I did that. You might be sitting there saying, Brother Kyle, I, but I'm afraid to be a witness. Do you realize what this scripture says is this? You are being a witness. Didn't say a good witness. Didn't say a bad witness. It says you are being a witness. What kind of witness are you being? Church, this morning I've demonstrated and I've told you. We have a declaration of independence which is found where? John 3.16. We have a battle cry, which is found where? Matthew 4, 17. And now we have marching orders, definitive marching orders in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, to take this world over for Jesus. I understand something, church. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. Jesus, when he came to this earth, he did not come to take sides. He came to take over. Church freedom, real freedom, comes with a price. Not just sacrifice, but obedience. We have this freedom not to sit down and do nothing. We have this freedom to do more. We are saved by God himself. To make him known. Church, are you completely free in Christ? I can't answer that for you. I can only answer it for me. Are you completely free in Christ? You can be. If you want to take the first step towards freedom today, I want you to come down to the altar now. Let's all stand. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Father in heaven, Lord, we come to you asking forgiveness for our sins. We ask you, Jesus, to forgive us where we fail you. And Lord, if there's somebody here today who needs independence in you, needs freedom in you, it's so easy. God, you, you made it so easy to come to you. I pray that if there's somebody under the sound of my voice who doesn't know you as their personal Savior, 
Today will be the day. This Independence Day will be the day that they declare their faithfulness to you. Be with us now. Let your spirit move. In Jesus' name, with all heads bowed and all eyes closed, do you need to come and just spend some time at the altar? If you're here this morning and you want to accept Christ as your personal Savior, you want that freedom, you want that independence, I'm going to be standing right down here. I'll show you what the Word of God says every person must do to be born again. Will you come?